0: Hello and welcome. We talked about suckering last year and well, it's that time of year again. It was a pretty popular episode when it did come out. So I want to go ahead and uh, relaunch it. So with that, here's to suckering. Enjoy. I'm Haley. This is Ashley.
1: We are Whole Cluster Conversation.
0: What is suckering, Haley? What's the definition?
1: <laughs> well, I had it spelled wrong when we first talked about it, so that was good to learn how to actually spell suckering. Um, how do you spell it? I changed it on all of our documents, so I was spelling it S-U-C-C-O-R, and it's S-U-C-K-E-R.
0: Yeah, that's how I thought it was. Like, mm-hmm. like it
1: sucks. You were you were correct. I was incorrect. <laughs> okay. But yeah, suckering, it happens in grapes and all other kinds of plants. Anything that's basically a woody plant mm-hmm. that um, grows, you have latent or dormant buds, um, especially in the woody tissue that mm-hmm. begin to um, push new growth, especially in the spring. You see it a lot in different types of trees, um, especially we were talking about your fruit trees that you have in your yard and other things. And you want to go ahead and grapes and remove all those suckers so that the plant doesn't put any energy into them because they're not necessarily a useful uh, place to to put um, the the important and um, valuable energy that the plant is making.
0: So you do a pruning in the fall or winter, correct? And then in the like May, june late spring i guess it's still spring it always feels like summer it's but still spring yeah <laughs> then people will go back and so there's kind of like the pre-pruning like end of the season and then this is the secondary kind of pruning after those buds come out
1: correct yeah. um and I'm not sure what people call them, but I'm sure that some people refer to it as a type of pruning. So we prune our vines typically um, February, March. Uh, we we try to push up against a timeframe. Um, and then we go back through. When we're doing that pruning, we're also doing some training. Uh, okay. So anything that was new growth last year or the year before, uh, we then... Either trim it back, or tie it down, or you know manipulate it while it's in that woody dormant phase, um, so that we can use it uh, or um, have it grow in the way that we want it to in the upcoming season.
0: And that's all in the winter. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And then the suckering is going to be after bud break and after the first couple weeks of growth. Okay. So you go through and you start to remove the things that you don't want to grow. Suckering specifically is anything that's not in the, uh, for, for wine growing at least, it's not in the um, section of the vine that's going to be producing fruit. So anything that's on the the roots of the plant that they're pushing up or the this, um, trunk of the vine, mm-hmm. all that stuff's going to be removed. And there's different ways to do it. We do it mechanically. And by that, I mean, we do it by hand mechanically. So we go through at the early of season season, it's easiest to do at that time for us Mm -hmm. because you can just go through and knock things off with your fingers. Okay. Or sometimes even with your your feet, you can kind of like nudge them and they just fall off. They pop right off the plant. Okay. Um, It's good to do it at that time because obviously it's easy. Also, the plant is in an active growth phase. So it's going to start healing itself because you're creating an open wound. Okay, And then um, you also... uh, because it's in that early phase, the plant also has time to divert its energy from where it was putting yeah. um, some of its uh, resources into that sucker and putting it where you want it to put it, where it's in the fruiting zone.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think about kind of the overall, this whole time I'm trying to think of kind of the, I won't say the life cycle of a plant, the, the seasonality of a plant and how um, a lot of people that I work with You know, I'm talking with them a lot of times about weed removal. And so I Mm -hmm. think like oftentimes over here, there's blackberry. And one of the big things that we talk about is like in the fall, thinking about how the plant is taking all that um, resources and like energy that they produce, and they're like bringing it back into the roots to get ready. Um, And it's like it's basically storage of like the carbon carbohydrates and different things into their roots so that then they can be dormant like you're saying and then in typically in the you know february march they start pushing it and it mm-hmm. kind of starts going the other way and so a lot of times you know if, if somebody's interested in spring or whatever we we talk or even like pruning like why that's so important to do it in the winter time because the plant is pushing out resources and if you're pruning it at the wrong time of year or like you're spraying it's not going to be like taking it down and like either killing the plant or it will like hurt it and so Mm -hmm. um so I'm thinking about that and then also thinking okay so you've already had the first growth of it coming out then if you're You know, taking off more, how much are you taking off? Because I'm assuming you're not during this suckering process wanting to take off a ton because you don't want to like overstress the plant or get rid of too much of their reserves. Right. We, when we sucker, typically
1: uh, it takes us maybe two weeks to get through the whole vineyard. So Mm -hmm. we start out and the suckers are a couple inches long and then sometimes uh, up to like 12 to 18 inches long
0: okay that's significant
1: mm-hmm. yeah and that's when they start to get harder to remove they're not as easy to just pop off yeah so and that just as uh, a timing thing some some plants are um, in different stages uh, depending on the varietal and things so we try to uh, time it so that we can not have issues with that but then also you pop off these these dormant buds
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the plant, you whenever i talk about plants it sounds very much like they're conscious beings making decisions <laughs> but i know that it's mostly based on hormones so yeah. you pop these these things off and the hormone level changes the plants mm-hmm. are um doing other things so then they actually start to push sometimes more dormant buds to break oh, okay because it's so early in the season so you have to make a couple passes or when you're out doing other things after your initial um, suckering, you have to say, oh, there's some suckers growing. We're going to pop them off.
0: That makes a lot of sense from like the plant physiology's point of view of just if you make some sort of wound, it's kind of like on ourselves. If we cut ourselves or whatever, there is a reaction. And while, you know, we don't, plants don't have like brains and stuff like we do. We are finding that plants like are able to communicate and able to do Mm -hmm. things and react to their environments through different like stimuli and like a lot of like hormone release and different things. And so that makes a lot of sense to me that if you pop it off, then the plant's going to say, hey, what's up? I need to push more out because I still need to go through photosynthesis and produce Mm -hmm. my carbohydrates and sugars and... You know, do my planty things, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense that like you would have to make a couple passes, but yeah, um, okay. We also, as wine
1: growers, um, we want the plant to put as much energy into the fruit, yeah, as as is possible. We know that you know, it has, there's going to have to be some vigor and green tissue and leaves, things like that, and like the actual plant needs to grow in order yeah. to have the fruit but um, popping off those suckers so that it's not putting energy towards those. It's rather putting energy towards the fruit is kind of the idea behind it. Um, The science has backed that up, but I think initially that was
0: the theory.
1: And then it was proven more with, um, after they studied the hormones
0: and everything. Um, So with that, how are you, like, you've kind of already talked about it, but like, I don't know. Break it down of how you decide which ones you're keeping and which ones you're not. We there's another
1: type of thing. There's another thing that's happening in the vineyard at the same time, which is shoot thinning. So you can control some of your crop level, and that's mm-hmm. everything that's in that um, cordon. Which for us, we we everything is um, spur pruned. Um,
0: what did you so say have cordon?
1: Yeah, I'm going to explain it. So you have okay. the trunk of the of the vine that grows up and then ours makes like a T onto a cordon wire so it's supported oh, okay. on a wire. Um and then that's like a the two branches, two main branches and then on those branches we position spurs oh, okay. um, so that we're hoping and trying to have our all of our um, green growth during the year come off of those spurs so that we have a certain amount. Mm-hmm. And that way we're not getting too congested of a fruiting zone so that our, if we do our sprays, um, the spray penetration is possible so that you're not just spraying and it's not making a yeah. difference because you have so much growth. It's just barely getting into the canopy. You want to be able to get your spray into the canopy so that it's effective.
0: Is um, that like pesticide spray or what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, and for us, it's uh, we do um, it's for mildew. Okay. Um, so we do mildew, our mildew management that way. So a type of suckering that sometimes people think is the same thing, but it's slightly different is you can, at the same time, as you're doing your suckering, um, you can knock off some of that growth that's happening in the actual canopy so that you don't have too much congestion. You still have some oh, yeah. airflow, which means your humidity is going to be different, your temperature is going to be different in the actual canopy um, rather than if you just let everything grow as much as it wanted to. So what we're removing is typically everything that's on the trunk Mm -hmm. and lower. That makes sense. um, Unless we have a trunk that is unhealthy.
0: Oh, and you want a
1: new spur? We let a sucker or two grow during that season to try to get it trained up so that we can remove the entire unhealthy trunk and retrain a new one that's that you know straighter sense. healthier whatever we're not on rootstock if you're planted on rootstock you can't do that um, okay. because the rootstock um is a different varietal it's um, typically an american varietal versus a vitis vinifera varietal so you can't because those train are grafted those
0: correct grafted vines yeah. exactly Okay.
1: same thing with um, like a lot of apple trees Mm-hmm. If you were to keep suckers on an apple tree, a lot of times different uh, your different branches can can be grafted rather than um, the same thing as the roots. And I'm not I'm not as
0: um, yeah that makes familiar
1: sense. in that. But a lot of the, the apples that people have planted in their yards um, are that way.
0: Okay, so you you brought up a lot of different topics there that I kind of want to break <laughs> down. Um, so one of the things that I was thinking about that seems really important part of the suckering process, sucky process, (laughs) Um, is the spacing. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to suck at your spacing. I I just had to. (laughs) Um, One of the farmers that I work with, he is a fruit tree farmer, as well as blueberry farmer and some other stuff. But he just told me one of the best things lately when I was asking him about pruning fruit trees, because I think that there's some relationship about... Uh, spring pruning with fruit trees too. I don't know if they also call it suckering or if they call it something else or spring pruning. But he told me, you want enough spacing that you can throw a cat through. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the analogy of spacing for vines, Haley? Did he mean on the branches
1: or in the yeah, he's like, like leaning between, between the branches.
0: No, between okay. the branches, which I've heard <laughs> is like three feet ish for for a lot of fruit trees. But I just love that. Like, you want enough space you can throw a cat through. Yeah, I think <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that. Uh, I'm sure it has an analogy somewhere in A making, squirrel but <laughs> and mouse. Um, <laughs> I do want to say so. Not everyone. Uh, thins their canopy. Not everyone shoot thins. And shoot thinning is different than suckering. So suckering is just removing everything that's growing out of the roots or out of the trunk. Um, Okay. And then thinning your canopy, shoot thinning, can be... um, Sometimes it's to manage your crop load. Sometimes it's to manage your vigor. Sometimes it's because your um, vine is young and so you're trying to get it to grow in the way that you want it to. Okay. Um, manipulating that, like we were talking about the cordons and then the mm-hmm. spur positions. So it's a little bit different. But, um,
0: but you still want the spacing in the same way as like the fruit right. trees because you want that airflow and that's yes. like what you were talking about with like mildew And whatever else.
1: spur. So we have... Our vines are spur trained. So our spurs are about um, anywhere like six to eight inches apart. Mm -hmm. And then we typically want to have three buds per spur that are left. And that, I mean, that varies between our varieties, but but I'll say three. Um, And that's what works at our site. So this is where if you don't have any idea what you're doing and growing, um, it's really good to have a consultant come in. Um, or talk to your or, neighbors. <laughs> or talk to your neighbors if they're growing something similar or be willing and able to not um, be successful the first couple of years that you're growing. <laughs> and that was our case. Like We just were like, well, we'll just see what happens. We're growing some stuff that other people aren't growing. We have some neighbors, but no- nobody's super close. Now we've gotten to the point where we know enough that we're, we've hired a consultant, we're changing some of our strategies. But, um, and I would say that's a huge, if you have the ability to do that from the start, that's going to make you more successful and a little bit more um, consistent from the beginning, which is what most winemakers mm-hmm. are looking for in their, um, in their vineyard contracts. If you're going to go straight uh, from your vineyard into your winery, and mm-hmm. you can mess with things a little bit, then maybe you don't, You don't need consistency as much. You can kind of play around and um, find what works over time. But I would say uh, consulting is definitely not um, used to the degree that it probably should be. And we were a great example of that.
0: (laughs) Well, it makes sense. It's kind of like one of those things of do you skimp now to try to like figure it out, but then maybe instead it's better to hire a consultant, pay that mm-hmm. money now, so that then you maybe get a faster, you know, like it just jumps you ahead maybe a little bit further than right. before. And if you're willing to, <laughs> it's one of those little things, like
1: it's if if you're going to buy a $80 bottle of wine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or my, one of the things that I hate, if you're going to go into a restaurant and you're going to pay for an $80 bottle of wine and then they bring you crappy glasses to drink out of, it's like, Okay, if you're buying all this wine to sell to your customers, can you please just get some nice glassware? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> like the whole sp- experience needs yeah, to be well, a, Yeah, well, and it's
1: it's the same thing with um that we're talking about. It's like you're willing to obviously put in all this time and money to develop a site for gra- growing grapes. Mm-hmm. Um because it does take like you have to put in the plants. The plants cost money. You have to buy the land or lease the land, which is expensive, especially if you're in a an a growing area um, or an established area. You have to put in all of the infrastructure like um, wire and trellis and things like that. Not to mention the equipment that you probably need just to manage a couple acres like a tractor and an ATV. So you look at all that stuff and if you're not willing to shell out a couple hundred or thousand dollars a year, um, depending on the level of consulting you might need, maybe rethink your priorities or like I said, be willing to just have that inconsistent learning curve yeah. for the first few years you're growing.
0: Well, and one thing that's nice about vines is it's not like they're a longer term crop. It's not yes. like I mean, and, and so I think that that you have to take that into consideration. It's not like corn that you're just like right. doing it one year this season go. But um, you're thinking about, you know, there's probably a level of forgiveness there because they're a little bit longer. So you can experiment and say, okay, this doesn't work. This does work. But you're right. Like, if you're trying to say, hey, I want to get my vines to a certain point, like, that having somebody come in and help you with that or just Mm -hmm. um, thinking of, you know, doing some of that research ahead of time is going to just jumpstart you that much more so you're not kind of just fiddling around and producing something that's still fine, but maybe just not what you're wanting. Um, And
1: there is a level of forgiveness, but then there's also that um, with corn or another like um, annual crop instead of a perennial, you do have the ability to just wipe that slate clean and start new next year. Yeah. Whereas if you make a bunch of mistakes in the beginning um, with grape growing, you might then be like, oh, dang it. Now we've got to retrain all these plants because we didn't realize that
0: and it might we be weren't more doing expensive. it correctly. Yeah. yeah it might it be more be. expensive because maybe at some point you're like, oh no, I just <laughs> like invested two years into these and this isn't going to work.
1: Or At I all. need to change it because it's it's we learned yeah. <laughs> along <laughs> the way.
0: <laughs> I mean, there there's probably a level. So with suckering, is this like a new practice, or is this something that's been done for a long time? So like you can go back and be like, you know, grapes have been around eight thousand years, as we have learned. So. Or more. right so like is there some level that you can go back and say okay how did they do it in the past and 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 kind of have that institutional knowledge or is it more mm-hmm. of a newer practice with the new type of growing of grapes it's it's
1: not a new practice it's definitely a um i i believe it probably started happening when they uh are distant relatives humans started to um like plant and train their own grapevines, which mm-hmm. was probably not on a trellis but just think about being able to like walk through where you have a bunch of trees or plants or vines planted it, you don't necessarily want a bunch of stuff growing out of the bottoms of them making yeah. it more difficult to to walk so head trained vines are probably um a good example of of what was being grown or how the vines are being grown a couple thousand years ago and uh, no infrastructure no trellising mm-hmm. or it's a it's a trellising without needing an infrastructure you don't need posts and wires and all that kind of stuff it's
0: just letting the vine kind of naturally go where it goes right okay. yeah
1: and and then pruning it back every year so that it's not growing yeah for for meters and meters and meters beyond uh where where you want it to go Mm -hmm. so in that sense probably they were suckering it just because uh they were able to figure out okay if we just have all the fruit growing in the same area or all the new growth in the same area then we get the fruit kind of in the same area we don't have to be like searching for the clusters they all kind of grow in the same area the same thing with pruning that's probably where pruning began was figuring out like we can get the fruit to all kind of grow in the same spot
0: on the plant which makes it easier Mm -hmm. to harvest that makes sense it's kind of interesting yeah thinking about old methods versus kind of you know has how we've moved into like newer methods and and just trying those new things and yeah I don't know I never had thought about I mean it makes sense to think about back in the day why would you you don't have wires and <laughs> to invest in that kind of stuff, so yeah. you just kind of let them grow, and then. Um... And if you had,
1: I mean, if you were lucky enough to have some livestock, mm-hmm. maybe they were doing the pruning for you, and you didn't even realize it was happening. Oh, interesting! Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, if you had some goats or whatever, and they were just walking around early season, like, oh, it's easy pickings in the grape in the grapes. They can just eat all the new growth, like. That's a theory out there that that's why and how we started pruning. Um, I don't know uh, how much evidence there is on that, but (laughs) I've definitely heard it as a theory.
0: Interesting. Yeah, maybe that's something we can kind of look into and see if there's anything. I don't even know if there's anything because some of that knowledge could have been lost. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, Plant hormones. Let's talk plant hormones. We've already kind of, thrown out some different things. But um, one of the things that I read was the importance of grapes with gibberellum, and as well as like, um, another thing is oxen. So gibberellum, I know from my world, I talk to a lot of people about gibberellum because that is a plant hormone that is used for its I mean, I might be off, sorry for people that know this really, really well, but I talk about it with like willows and dogwoods and different plants have a lot of gibberellum in them because that's why you're actually able to stake those plants because you can like put them in water, put them straight in the ground, and they have enough of this gibberellum to produce roots to be able to start growing. Um, And then auxin is another plant hormone that I know from like... um, very early on my plant physiology class is talking about like grass and how it kind of helps determine the ways that um, vines and like grass move So like with the sun and whatever, it'll start growing in different ways. And so I'm, ass- I'm assuming that that's like helpful in like training it. And so... Mm-hmm. Um,
1: when you were reading about this with the gibberellin, do you remember? Gibberellin. This is not my- <laughs> gibberellin. <laughs> this is not my strong suit, but... Um, do you remember if um, th- when you prune, it spikes that or increases it, or does it not affect it? When or sorry, not pruning um, when you sucker.
0: I'm not like when you sure. New I, growth. I'm not sure. Um, I know that again, it's just something that's in it. So I, I think right. my knowledge is knowing about. Again, making stakes from certain plants like willows, and then mm-hmm. how you cut them at the node, and that's the point where the buds are of the mm-hmm. plant, and then you're able to stick it in. And I always say, you know, two thirds of the plant, and I because I don't want to stick too much plant in the ground, say eighteen inches. You stick that in, and then basically at every point of the bud is where a new root is able to come out, and that's because it those plants have so much gibberellum in them that they're able to like. Put that out, those, yeah, and produce roots. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's also the case with grapevines.
1: Um, and I know you that. Mistake them?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh well, there you that's go. <laughs> how. Um, that's why we talk about clones in the in mm-hmm. the wine world and certain clones of different varietals and things like that. And so that's yeah, you don't grow from a seed. You take a cutting and then root it.
0: Oh, and so you don't. It's not like fruit trees that you're grafting. But that's you are grafting when you do the the root
1: stock. Yes. So if you're planting in a place that you need a root stock to be successful.
0: Yeah. I was reading that gibberellum, grapes are highly sensitive to gibberellum and that that is crucial during the seed and berry development. Um, And that can be either by itself or interacting with other hormones, such as, again, that auxin or there was some other... Abscisic acid and yeah, I think it's abscisic acid and cytokin. so um I took plant physiology many many years <laughs> ago so I I remember like that was always really fascinating to me and so I think it would be worthwhile for me to brush up on some of this knowledge and then maybe we can have a larger discussion about plant hormones because I think that that's really coming into this suckering process. Yes. And um, because, again, like we said earlier, the plants are reacting to basically a stress, a cut, and they're using things like hormones. And I would
1: say the dormant buds that are typically being suckered because they're on the trunk or the um, coming from the roots or right below the soil surface, Yeah, those are dormant buds, which means they... Um, typically do not have fruiting bodies on them. Okay. So yeah. you're removing purely um, vigor, vigorous growth, not mm-hmm. fruiting growth. Okay. And so I'm sure that that removal of the fruiting growth um, or um, inflorescences um, yeah. could be cause a different type of hormone change in the plant.
0: Okay. Yeah, let's do some more research and let's have a a more extensive conversation about that. Yeah. So, um what else let's see what else should we talk about? Haley. Um, uh, well we talked a little bit about history and how maybe this practice
1: got started. So, then the more uh current thing to do, especially yes. if you have a lot of acreage, removal by hand isn't um isn't uh, what you should be doing (laughs) unless you have a huge crew or a lot of kids or something like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) or goats like we talked about so now um a popular thing to do is either you can mechanically do it with a there's like a thing that will come through and like hit the the trunk um with like a little it's like a weed eater but really thick so it's not cutting the the trunk it's just like knocking things off of it okay um so you can use something like that um i wish i knew what it was called i don't I don't know if it has a name though. Um, we we're so small; we're only a couple, you know, five acres. So we do it by hand, our suckering. But the would other would you thing... say
0: that it's suckery punching the plant? <laughs> that's the what. Well, that's what it's called, the
1: suckery puncher. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm just. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing that um, is pretty popular, especially with really large um, um, operations. Uh, is to use a um, um, an herbicide, just a a topical application of herbicide on the specific sucker when okay. it's quite small. Um, so you're not spraying. You don't want. You only want to be spraying like down um, near the base of the plant. Um, and so you you have to make sure your sprayer is calibrated correctly
0: <laughs> to so be doing that. You're doing that in the spring, where the plant mm-hmm. is. Um, Putting it out, and I'm assuming you're using some sort of pesticide that's not translocating to the rest of the plant, and so it's just killing like what it touches and not right. a trans, you know, where it moves through. And again, by the plant mm-hmm. pushing its resources out versus doing that like in the fall where it's pulling it in. Correct. That's okay. That's a good and there's, point to be made.
1: Yeah, and obviously you need to if if you're looking at changing the way that you're doing suckering if. If you're already a seasoned grower or something like that, you you do need to dial this that kind of thing in. Same okay. with with us doing it by hand. Like if we're removing, like we were talking about, removing too much new growth early on and then stunting the the growth of the plant, that kind of thing. So there's um, just make sure to read your resources and be using the correct um, correct topical application for that.
0: Okay. What is a kicker cane? I kept running <laughs> into that. Um, in my research. And so mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah. Kicker canes are a type of
1: um, sucker that you leave, especially in an established vineyard. Okay. Um, so basically a a, a a sucker will start to grow out of the base of the plant or, or um, really close to the underneath or really close to the soil line. Mm-hmm. And you let it grow. Typically one maybe two per plant. And it's especially for regions that have issues with early frost or severely harsh winters. Okay. So they can actually, once once the plant starts to go dormant, Mm -hmm. they actually come through and they furrow through the rows and they cover that kicker cane with dirt. Okay. So they lay it down. They let it train onto, typically there's a low wire. They let it train onto that low wire. And then they cut it off the wire or um, bend it off the wire um, at the end of the season as it's going dormant. And then they come through and they cover it with dirt so that okay. if they have a whole canopy collapse due to a, a, a really hard early frost or um, a really horrible winter, mm-hmm. they have all of those are ready to pull up and train as a new trunk.
0: Okay, so, so, you so only this is... have. This is different than what you were talking about before where you were saying like sometimes you leave a bud to right. like if your your stock isn't doing so well. This right. is a different, is different thing. Okay.
1: And typically there's vineyards that will, will do that every year. It's not like, oh, we're just going to try it out this year. It's every year because you have a consistent enough problem with losing plants in your vineyard oh, okay. or an entire, like almost an entire vineyard collapse. We had a cold... Um, Uh, Really cold winter, do you remember when that was? Uh, About three or four years ago, maybe. Um, And we had whole vineyards basically have to cut their entire plant. I
0: remember that, yeah.
1: Like six inches above the dirt line and train up from a sucker plant.
0: Okay. Um,
1: in Idaho, we have mostly own-rooted vines, so that was possible. But it, uh, there were a couple of vineyards who were experimenting with grafting, and it was just... Um, Dead. Yeah, they, they can train up from that graft, but it's going to... Or below the graft, excuse me, but it's going to be a completely different plant um, creating a, a different type of grape that makes way different wine.
0: I think that was the same year. I mean, California has a lot of wildfires, but a couple of years ago, there was a really, really bad wildfire that went through the Napa, um, Santa Rosa area. And I think it was the same year. And so it was just like, bam, bam. every All yeah. these wine industries in the West were just getting hit. So um, it was kind of a bummer in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit like, you know, putting your vines in a savings account or something. Like, yes. hey, I, it's just in case. Yeah, it's an insurance policy. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's like you're... But it
1: is a very labor-intensive, uh, expensive insurance policy. So okay. if you're in a region that you don't have that kind of problem, it's mm-hmm. like most places in California do not do this because they don't have the harsh weather patterns that okay. this would um, be an, an effective defense against. There's a couple places in Idaho that have experimented with it, but mm. because of the cost of new plant material and labor, yeah. um, they haven't necessarily stuck around because it's cheaper for somebody to just say, We're, uh, that sucks. Everything died. We're going to replant this year. Okay. Like We can get the vines. Now that's becoming an issue. It's usually if you want to purchase vines, you're a couple years out from being able to purchase them, depending on your timing. Um, so...
0: Do you think, I'm wondering why kicker canes came up when I was like trying to read and learn about suckering. And you think it's because it happens around the same time of year?
1: Yes. And it's typically a sucker that's allowed to grow that season. And then it's laid down and saved under the dirt. And then the next year, they're going to cut that off. During during pruning, they're going to cut that off unless they've had um, A a severe cold event or that kind of thing. So you don't necessarily see new growth on those to say, oh, we're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But you know because you've watched your winter temperatures and you've probably taken some bud cuttings to Mm -hmm. see um, how your plants are doing early in the spring or late in the winter. And then um, you decide whether or not you're going to keep the kicker cane and retrain because everything looks dead. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to say, we don't need the kicker cane. Chop it off. Yeah. Cool.
0: Cool. Well, I know that I just want to shout out a couple of kudos to a couple of different places or really, like, I really enjoyed how many different winemakers and vineyards out there had some blog posts about this so that I could learn a lot, like, um, when I was doing the research, I just I found those to be the most useful. So one of the ones that I really liked was Ridge Vineyards had a really awesome post that just really went into it, and you could also tell that they just posted it about like this year because all their pictures everyone had masks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, that's one of my favorite Napa Valley or whatever I don't know if it's really, but yes, down in that region vineyards. Um, So good job, y'all, that are putting out awesome blog posts to explain it. And so if you're interested in learning more about that, um, check out and see if if people have it. So Haley, is there anything else on this topic that we didn't cover that you want to talk about?
1: I feel like we talked a lot about how sucky suckering can be, but that it's necessary. (laughs) Yes,
0: I got you to do one.
1: (laughs) And if you do it early, especially if you're doing it by hand, um, it's not as bad as it. It's can be not if you as wait.
0: sucky. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry.
1: Okay, I'm done. I'm done.
0: Also, I'll if balance. you're
1: walking through a vineyard, don't just think, "Oh, that thing's growing out of there." And I listen to this podcast, and I should just pop it off. Don't do that. Um, if you're not, a, if you're not working for, if you're not contracting the fruit in those rows, or working in the vineyard, and have permission to, to do things just let let it be yeah there might be a reason they might be doing an experiment they might be dealing with vigor issues Mm -hmm. so just leave it alone
0: (laughs) thanks again for joining us for another episode of whole cluster conversation
1: music provided by michael johnson of grand falconer
0: audio production provided by our friend ukiah bogle
1: Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen.
0: Ciao!